It comes down to, to documentation, right? And that's what your runbook is. It's your documentation of what you're going to do in what sequence you're going to do it. And that's probably the lesson number one is you've got to write everything down. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Hello and welcome to Status Go. I'm Alicia Gaba, Vice President of Marketing at InterVision, and I have with me today Jeff Tun, SVP of Products and Strategic Alliances at InterVision as well. Today, we're going to be talking about building reliable DR runbooks, and I think um, it's safe to say that DR falls into the category of an IT team's least favorite initiative, let alone the documentation of those DR plans. However, it is very simply a necessity. So Jeff and I are going to cover some strategies to make the process a little bit easier. I'll give a little bit more background on Jeff. So Jeff leads InterVision's managed services strategies. And within our managed services portfolio is our disaster recovery as a service solution. Prior to coming to InterVision, Jeff was part of building BlueLock up. And BlueLock was known for our disaster recovery as a service solutions. Prior to shifting to the service provider world, Jeff spent 35 years in corporate IT, 10 of which were as CIO. So with that being said, he's dealt with disaster recovery since about the 80s. Is that right, Jeff? That's correct. Yes, it's hard hard to believe. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us today, Jeff. Really happy to have you. Oh, my pleasure, Alicia. And this is this is going to be so much fun because you and I have been talking about DR for what four or five years now. So uh, to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you about it's going to be really fun. Yeah, definitely. Jeff, what have you learned about IT disaster recovery over the years? Well, I think you hit the the nail on the head in your intro. Is that it's uh, it's usually the IT team's least favorite thing to do. There's a lot of work involved, a lot of documentation involved, and it uh, it it ends up being put on the back burner a lot. I was joking with you uh, before we went on the air that it always amazes me that we're still talking about today, why is DR important? Why is having a run book important? And I, I always go back to if you are trying to recover these complex systems in the midst of a disaster, you're going to forget something. You may have, we'll just simplify it and say you've got five steps you got to do. You're going to leave one out. Uh, and it's going to make the disaster even worse. So one of the things that I've learned over the years is that you have to be intentional about ITDR. You have to be intentional about writing the runbook, and you have to be intentional about testing to make sure that it works so that you're you're kind of rehearsed, right? So when you're actually having to recover, and unfortunately in my career of 35 plus years, been in the position of having to recover more than one time, um, when you're in that position, you're rehearsed. And so you know how to handle it and how to move forward. And that to me has been the key thing over the last three decades. 
Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll never forget when you originally joined Blue Lock and you had shared some of the stories about testing DR plans and how that has gone in in some of your past lives. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any war stories you want to share? Oh gosh, my my favorite was probably the first ITDR test that I was involved in, and so. This was back in a decade that started with an eight. And so we, you're talking about mainframes and large systems, right? And back in that day, um, everything was backed up via tape. So you would go to your DR site and you're contracted with the DR site provider. It wasn't the data center we owned. Uh, and so you got 72 hours. And so the test starts on uh, minute one and you got 72 hours and whatever gets done gets done, right? So we spent, this. I was on the application side at the time and our infrastructure team had tested multiple times, but applications had never been involved. And so we, we spent months uh, preparing for this test and documenting our systems and the sequence at which things need to be recovered. And it came time for the test. We all hopped in the car. We drove to Chicago uh, from Indianapolis and we walk into the data center and Joe turns to John and said, you brought the tapes, right? (laughs) And John looked back to him and said, "Uh, I thought you brought the tapes. So here we are, the clock is ticking on our 72 hours. And we had to wait for someone to go to the offsite vault get the tapes and drive them to Chicago so we could start our test. Long story, uh, hopefully a little bit shorter. We worked over those 72 hours to try to recover. We did not recover application one. And everybody was really kind of hangdog, right? They were like, oh my God, what a what a horrible weekend. What, what a failure this was. And we had to shift the way of thinking about it to look at what we learned. We learned about this. We learned about that. Next time we're going to be more successful. So it was really using the lessons learned that came out of that was the real value so that the next time we ran a test, we were successful and we did start recovering applications. So that's always my favorite and it was my first, but I've got, uh, I've got a lot of other stories about uh, ITDR for sure. So it sounds like one of the most obvious things that you learned was to document even the most obvious of things. Absolutely. It, it, it really does. It comes down to, to documentation, right? And that's what your runbook is. It's your, it's your documentation of what you're going to do and what sequence you're going to do it. And, and that's probably the lesson number one is you've got to write everything down. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you gave a really good example, but what do people tend to forget to include when it comes to DR runbooks? I'd say there's there's a couple of major areas, and that would be uh, forgetting who your audience is when you're writing the the runbook itself. And and what I mean by that is, you've got to write this in such a way that someone else 
can follow your instructions and they may not know everything that you know. So you have to challenge your own, what assumptions are you making? What things are in your head that you need to get down on paper? And it might be as simple as, hey, go pick up the tapes and bring them to <laughs> Chicago, uh, going back yeah. to my story. But it seems obvious, but you, you have to almost remove yourself from the equation uh, as you're writing this. And then some of the some of the things that we see that are challenges for people as they're writing it, the networking, it always comes down to networking. It's one of the most complex parts of any IT environment. And uh, we see a lot of times that, that clients aren't adequately documenting their, their network uh, as they're trying to do their IT runbook and what network configuration changes need to happen, whether you're in uh, replication mode, whether you're in DR test mode, or whether you're in DR failover mode. What's, what are the differences in those three states and how does that apply to your network? The other piece that gets left out a lot is uh, the return home, the fail back. You failed over. You you've been successful uh, because you you had a well documented runbook and you recovered your environment, and now it's time to go back to your production data center. Is that process documented? Uh, a lot of people will leave that out, thinking, "Well, we'll just figure it out when it happens." Just like your IT runbook, it is so important to have these instructions written down because you'd rather be reading it from a checklist or reading it from a, a, a document than trying to come up with it on the fly when you're in the heat of the battle. You may have your, your C-suite breathing down your neck saying, hey, we've got to get out of that temporary data center. We've got to get back to, to our production site. What's taking so long? You want to have that documented so that you're not feeling all that pressure. And then one of the key pieces that I like to highlight that needs to be in your runbook is what's your process to declare? And it may sound obvious that, hey, if we have a tornado come through Indianapolis and it wipes out our data center, we better declare. Okay, that's that's one scenario. Um, but what if your data center's not wiped out? What if it's something like a cyber attack or, um, a SAN failure, your your storage array goes out, or it's um, a potential for a natural disaster. Uh, we had a company we talked to a couple of years ago that was in Houston, and uh, as you know, the, the hurricane came ashore and there was a lot of flooding, and literally the floodwaters were rising around them and they couldn't make the decision to fail over. They didn't have the process. They didn't have the criteria. Using one of the stories from, from my past, I was CIO for a, a large nonprofit here in Indianapolis, and we had a documented process. The, it was the, the four of the executive team would get together on a conference call, and it was the CEO, the CFO, our chief operating officer, and myself, the CIO. And we knew that if there was an issue, any one of the four of us would raise the other three and say, we need to get on a call and we need to talk about it. And sure enough, we had that issue. There was a, uh, 
a blizzard in Indianapolis and it had shut down the city. The city, uh, the mayor declared a state of emergency. No one was supposed to be traveling. Uh, and then lo and behold, downtown Indianapolis got hit with a power outage, which is where our data center was. We did not have a generator. So our servers shut down when our UPSs ran out of juice. So the four of us got on this call to make that decision but we knew the parameters. We'd already decided in advance that we knew what our RTO was, our recovery time objective, and we knew it would take us uh, eight hours to recover, say, I'm, I'm kind of making up the numbers at this point, but we knew it was eight hours. The power company was saying it was going to be uh, at least 16 hours before we could get power back. And so we're on that cusp of, do we fail over? Or do we not? Well, we had decided in advance that if the outage was longer than 24 hours, we would fail over. Well, the power company saying it's less than that. So our decision was we're going to hold pat at that point. Uh, and so that that really is a, is a part that gets left out a lot, but is vitally important. Again, you don't want to be trying to make these decisions when the floodwaters are literally rising around you. So Jeff, you bring up really good points. And what I'm hearing you say is a couple of things. Write your DR plan for someone else. Assume that you might not actually be there in in the disaster. So write it for someone else. Don't forget about the networking component. I think we have seen time and again, that's the most complex thing. And don't ever forget how you're going to get back home, like you said. So what, what is the fail back process? Um, and then definitely know what's the process for declaring a disaster. Who can make the call? How are you going to make the call? That sort of thing. So so all of that really kind of assumes that you've got some practice under your belt. Talk to exactly. me a little bit about the testing of your plan. So we're talking a lot about, you know, make sure you you actually have a plan, but what have you mm -hmm. seen and experienced in terms of best practices between the, the build out of the run book and then the testing frequencies and what those drills should look like? Great question. And, and a lot of IT shops will, will uh, test annually or at least say they'll test annually. Sometimes uh, you have good intentions that you're going to do an annual DR test and then priorities shift and, and you don't do it. But um, I would say at least annually, you need to test that runbook. Things in your environment change. And unless you have the world's greatest change management process, chances are things have changed and your runbook was not kept up to date as it should. Uh, things outside your control sometimes change. Uh, and so testing is, is important to capture those changes in your runbook. We like to encourage our clients to test twice a year. And that may seem like a lot, but keep in mind our service is a managed service. So we're, we're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the client. Uh, there's still obviously involvement on their side, but, but we encourage that twice a year so that you can be assured that your runbook is more current than if it's been sitting on a shelf for a year or more. So the, the testing is important. And I say there's, a, there's several different levels 
of testing, if you will. Uh, the, the first one is just a, a desktop test, right? Where you're doing a desk check on the runbook, you're reading through it, probably as a group, uh, so that you have people that are asking questions and making clarifying statements that can be captured and put in there. So doing that, that walkthrough or that desk check is very important. And then do different testing scenarios where you're doing uh, the actual test. One uh, iteration may be we're, we need to do a full data center failover. So we're going to run through everything like the data center is gone and you're going to recover to your second data center, whether that's one that you own, whether it's a colo facility, whether it's a cloud, like using disaster recovery as a service, you're going to recover probably into a sandbox, right? Where, you, where you've, you've recovered, but you're not really going to run production out of there. Uh, you just do some tests, use, your end users do some verification. Then when you get really good at it, that next thing is actually to do a, a live failover where you're, you run your DR test and you actually run production from your DR site and you verify and validate that everything is working properly and then you fail that, that data back. Those changes that have been made get failed back. And so you get this comprehensive view and uh, you can almost make a, I wouldn't say a game of it, but you can, you can make up scenarios and they get to be, they get to be really fun. At the uh, nonprofit I worked at that I was talking about earlier, our risk management guy just loved to come up with new and exciting scenarios. Uh, so we would run through really more of a business continuity drill, which is uh, ITDR plus what's going to happen if the offices aren't there or unusable. Uh, and we did everything from a student pulled a, a, a fire alarm and so the sprinkler system turned on to gosh, there was railroad tracks behind our building and we had toxic chemical spill right behind the building. And so we couldn't get in to the facility. And so you come up with these scenarios and you kind of walk through them. You do your ITDR test as a part of that. And it just becomes a part of your cadence at least once a year. So long answer to your question, but uh, uh, once a year, but we encourage clients twice a year. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've seen is that people are surprised at how much the technology landscape has changed. So how much easier it is to do tests, um, right. especially when it comes to things like desktop tests, but also the failover, failback capabilities. So let's talk a little bit about how that landscape has changed. So give us the broad strokes. So, so it's changed just a little bit in the 35 years I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say one of the one of the things, and this really started to come about uh, what six or seven years ago now, uh, as an offshoot of virtualization, the concept of replication. So you were no longer tied to doing periodic backups to tape and then having to recover off those tapes, you have replication where you're actually copying and replicating at the machine level to a secondary copy somewhere uh, that you can then hydrate and bring your virtual machines up on 
uh, your this secondary set of hardware, whether that, again, as I mentioned earlier, it might be your own second data center, or if you're replicating and using DRAS, Disaster Recovery as a Service, the target's probably a cloud, whether it's a private cloud or the public cloud. That's probably the biggest step forward, if you will, in uh, in disaster recovery technology recovery technology is that replication but th but the other things that have changed quite a bit is um, security uh, cyber cyber threat is now one of the top reasons that customers or, or, or uh, organizations need to declare a disaster because they've had some malware like ransomware or something like that, that, that they've got to recover from. Back in the day, security was an issue, but the only way to, to hack, quote unquote, uh, a mainframe was to break in the front door of the data center. Now with this hyper-connected world, there's so many endpoints that can be a, an attack vector that's heightened that security need whether you're securing your production environment or your dr environment then the the other piece the the third piece i'd say is this hybrid world that we now live in the hybrid architecture that many many organizations have you may have a combination of some on-prem workloads. You may have some that are in a private cloud. You may have some that are in AWS. You may have some that are in Azure, some that are in Google, and you've got to pay attention to all of that. And so while some of the technology makes this easier to do, the complexity of protecting your data uh, has exploded as fast as our data has exploded, because now our data isn't in the four walls of our air-conditioned data center. It's all over the world, literally, and you need to be able to protect that. I, I love the story, Alicia, and I think uh, this was actually a conversation that you had at one of the conferences that we were uh, at as InterVision. You had a conversation with a CIO who was talking about the uh, AWS outage a few years ago, and his thing was, wow, we had a hundred SaaS-based applications that I had no idea where they were running. And when AWS went down, they lost 65 applications at once. And these applications weren't even on his risk profile to even do anything about. So this hybrid world is probably the biggest impact to ITDR that, that we have to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, in that case, those things just weren't even in his purview, but they were, they yeah. had over time become business critical applications. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting scenario to deal with as an IT leader. So we've covered a lot of ground. What would you say is your biggest piece of advice for someone undertaking a review of their DR plan? Start. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. It is don't put it off. Don't put it off until tomorrow. And uh, I say that only somewhat jokingly, but I encourage everybody to start the process. But the best way to start the process is to know your goals. What are you trying to achieve with your ITDR plan? What is your recovery time objective? 
What's your recovery point objectives? What are your business goals? How long can you maintain business uh, without your DR, your uh, IT system? Sorry. Uh, so know those business goals, and then also uh, know your limitations. We as IT people like to think we're invincible, right? And we can do it all. Uh, and the fact is, uh, as we were talking about these complex environments a, a moment ago, uh, we can't do it all anymore. So know your limitations and look for areas that you're going to need help as you're trying to build this plan. And something, a, a bit of advice that we haven't touched on yet that I think is important. You may sometimes hear me use playbook and runbook interchangeably. I like to call it a playbook or we like to call it a playbook because you're going to have different plays that you call depending on the disaster. Recovering from a full data center outage is going to be vastly different than if one of your five storage arrays goes out. So you have to have these different scripts, these different checklists, these different plays that you call. Keep that in mind as you're building it. But as I said, my number one advice is to just start. Start somewhere and get going on it today. Well, awesome. Jeff, this has been a really fun conversation. I think for any of the listeners who want more details on developing a runbook, you can check out one of InterVision's recent webinars. We just did a workshop on how to develop a comprehensive recovery runbook. You can find that on our website. And it does provide that step-by-step -step guidance that you might be looking for. So definitely check that out. Jeff, thank you so much for the time My today. Pleasure. It was a pleasure having you on the show. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.